these chapters are very dense. And you know us at Hate Spinner Bay, we like to talk. And what can I say? There are a couple of Gilmore gals. Welcome back to Hate Spinner Bay, the podcast where we hate Spinner Bay, but we love pool jumping. Oh, Ooh. so cute. We love a pool jump. We also love that people think it's weird that it's 70 some degrees outside and it's Christmas time. Welcome to my life growing up as a Floridian. Speaking of, I'm, hi, it's me. I'm the Floridian. I'm Bethany. With me as always <laughs> is Michael Ann. Michael Ann, how was your week this week? Neither of us. Like, did anything this past week. Look at us. We just chilled. We stayed home. <laughs> Look at us. Wow. Who are yeah. we? <laughs> After this, I'm actually, like, going to get into bed for the rest of the day. So. Oh, my God. I love that for you. Yeah. I'm just sleepy. I'm just a sleepy lady. And I'm reading Fourth Wing, and it's living up to the hype. But. Ooh. It's very good. Oh, that's the one that's like been out of like stores everywhere, right? Like, yes, I went off the shelves. Yeah. Yes. I went to my local indie and there were only two copies. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to grab it while I'm here. And the lady who owns the, I think she owns it. She was like, yes, if you're seeing it, grab it because we've gone out of stock like right away. It's flying off the shelves. And I was like, it's the Stanley Cups of novels. And by Stanley Cups, I don't mean what the hockey players win i mean like my stanley and like my water cup is what i mean just fly off the shelf this book and stanley cups <laughs> i did think you meant the hockey one and i was like what yeah. do people buy They're like, like stanley confused. cup replicas <laughs> i'm sure they do but i'm sure they don't fly off the shelves <laughs> maybe they do i don't know i i don't know hockey that well it's one of the sports i'm sort of familiar with but not really for- i follow minor league hockey more than i follow major league hockey so don't ask me but sports um that's for you michael Anna. michael Anna loves sports guys she i love sports so i'm the biggest she's a big sports, sports fan. girl she's one of those sports girlies um, exactly. not I'm- not my it's not her <laughs> oh my god speaking of being a girl's girl uh you finally saw barbie wasn't it everything you wanted it to be and more it was so good. I need to see it a second time. Absolutely need to see it a second time. There were children in the theater next to me. It's children. Ooh. And, you know, it's fine. Children should be allowed everywhere. Just it's not true. near me. <laughs> um, no, but just, just if you could be quiet during Barbie, we'd really appreciate it. But they walked in front of me to use the bathroom during America Ferreira's monologue. So that really took me out of it. Um, mm-hmm. But... They, they were also going, sorry, 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 the whole time. And it's like, just go quietly. Just, just go. go quietly. Yeah, just go quietly. Um, but it was amazing. I thought it was so funny. I thought it was so fun. Very colorful. So colorful. 
Love the soundtrack. However, have you seen the Lizzo drama? Oh my God. Yes. And that just, yeah, that, that surprised me. I know I have so many people like, you know, when like people get quote unquote canceled on the internet and everyone's like, knew it. I knew it all along. And I'm like, no, you effing didn't. Like, I'm sure some people were like, oh yeah. Like, you know, like people, there are whispers out there in the ether, you know, like I'm sure some people like know someone, you know, who's been involved with her or, or just like got a bad vibe from her. But I legitimately did not see this one coming and it made me really sad. So I'm sad that apparently she is very much not a nice person to her dancers. Um, on the other hand, our girl Taylor has been like giving everyone bonuses um, on I her for girls. So we respect that. But we're very sad for Lizzo's people. And that's just disappointing because I like yeah. Lizzo. And I was, I was really surprised, especially because there's a bunch of people coming out now that have worked with her previously who are like corrobor- corroborating the stories. And yeah. saying like, yeah, she was terrible to be around. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like alarm. That's like so shocking. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, that's very disappointing. I was also thinking like, she went from being like dead ass poor living in her car mm-hmm. to like a millionaire. And I'm sure yeah. that does something fucking crazy to your brain, you know, like. Clearly, look at J.K. Rowling. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Like, Excellent sometimes. Example. Excellent you know what example. I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, money changes people. It's it's not, like, is it, you know, more money, more problems, as they once said, as P. Diddy once said. But um, that is P. Diddy, right? Why am I doubting myself in that now? Is but it? anyways, whatever he's calling Where's himself these days, I don't even know. Was that Biggie? It might be Biggie. Y'all, this is how you can tell I'm a white girl. Um, yeah, the I two whitest girls of all time <laughs> no. are like, um, who's saying that song? Who's that? I think no it is. Is problem. it Biggie? It might be Biggie. I don't know. I'm looking it up. It was, in fact, the Notorious B.I.G., but it did feature Sean mm. Combs, a.k.a. Diddy. Oh, so like, in a sense, we were both right. Oh, my God. Look at us. <laughs> Just kidding. We are not. We did it. We are not the experts on this, clearly. Um, no. But... Yes, I do think that even though do I wish that $100,000 would just drop into my lap right now? Absolutely. But I do think once you reach a certain threshold, sometimes, and, and also when you're just surrounded by people telling you that like your shit don't stink for so long that you yeah. really start thinking it. And so, yeah, I just think sometimes it really messes with people and you really need to surround yourself with people that like will keep you humble, which is why have I ever had this discussion on this podcast before? I don't know. But I have this weird theory that British people are so much more adjusted when they become famous and millionaires and whatever and get a lot of money, again, with the exception of JK Rowling. Yes, of course. Because I like it's just like Americans, you know, like they say, we're loud, we're positive, we're huggy people. And British people like if you become a, a famous British celebrity, your parents are probably still like, you ain't shit, you know? And I think that's good for them. Like, I think you need to be surrounded yeah. by people that are like, mm, I'm still not impressed with you. <laughs> I like, read, I, I, I listened to Tom Felton's memoir list- recently, and that's what he said. He was like, the whole time he was growing up and in Harry Potter and like becoming super famous, all of his friends and family like did not give a shit. Like they were like, we don't even watch Harry Potter. You're just yeah. like some guy to us. You're like, just and Tom he said that it, it, yeah, he's like, it kept me humble. It kept my head on straight. But yeah, I just feel like, 
I don't know, like, I look at Ed Sheeran and how, like, well-adjusted he seems. Not to say that he doesn't have his own issues with mental health. And, you know, he writes so much in his songs about how his certain vices that he needs to cut down on, which, young man, you do. Because um, you need to be around for a very <laughs> long time because I love you. But I just think it's, like, like his parents, like, didn't, you know what I mean? Like, people, like, he still just hangs out with his mm-hmm. same mates from school. And it's, like, those people to him, they're, like, yeah, it's just Ed. Like, he's not impressive. <laughs> And, like, that's good yeah. for you, I think. Like, you need people to be, like, yeah, no, like, this is just a friend. Like, they're not, you know, anything cool just because they're hella rich and famous. And I don't think that Lizzo had that. And that's me psychoanalyzing Lizzo. <laughs> that's when Bethany psychoanalyzes yeah. celebrities. We don't actually know shit about Lizzo, but we're over here. We're over like, here acting we, you know. like we do. But, yeah. yeah. I just think it's so sad when people who claim to be body positive don't end up being body positive like that's just sad and it's not even I'm gonna say obviously some of it is her like that's not nice of her but also just a lot of it is society like the biases that we have like Mm -hmm. even if you are someone who is you know quote-unquote a bigger person like and you go out there and you're like I'm big and I'm proud of it and you know whatever like society has just ingrained in you this internalized fat phobia mm-hmm. that you end up being fat phobic you know and it's like yeah. not cool it's not yeah cool. yeah absolutely it's like andrew compared it yesterday when we were talking about it to like conservative gays yeah it's like yeah you're a gay and you're like i'm gay but you're also like i hate other gays and i'm gonna vote for donald trump or whatever yeah and it's um, like that go that's counterintuitive to like your yes. cause, my dude, but people will yeah. do that 100. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's hard. Life's hard, guys. Life's tough. Get a helmet. Life's hard. Mm-hmm. Five dollars to anyone who can name what that reference was to. But with that said, I also, know it. it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, oh. Let's see. If you if you think of it before the end of this podcast, you can. For the end of this recording, life's tough. Get a helmet. Life's tough. Get a helmet knocks on the head yes i remember the knocks on the head <laughs> i'm feeling boy meets world yeah feeling... ding, 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 ding. that is correct is it's a boy meets, meets world? world it's eric to Corey, okay. and he's like why stuff get a helmet oh, yes. um but another okay, one of those perfect. things that i will just quote much like passport paris also everyone get you i, I say get, surround yourself with people that keep you humble which is true but also get you supportive people as well as i've mentioned before we love a supportive friend and family member my mom texted me, official hate spinner bait mom TM, texted me after listening to this last week's episode where, and upon listening to it back, I was like, honestly, my favorite quote of the entire episode was at the very beginning when Michael Ann was like, that was the most neurodivergent person thing ever. And I was like, thank <laughs> you, I know. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. And that was the most neurodivergent because I'm like, it me. But um, that was literally the line of the episode for me. But I went on so many tangents last week. I really just went like, really in into the the weeds with some like really silly things about movie theaters and Christopher Nolan and Ed Sheeran and my mom texts me and she goes I didn't think your Ed Sheeran tangent was too long and I go thanks mom I needed to hear that <laughs> thanks mom she's like I, I could have gone longer <laughs> and I was like it, thanks. I just want everyone to know it it did go longer <laughs> <laughs> we just cut it back a little bit we just cut it back I just it back. Everyone, um, I'm going to Minnesota in like a week, so you'll get to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get an update on the song Photograph. 
Yes. I think everyone is waiting for that. I hope everyone is waiting for that. (laughs) They're not. But I'm excited for that update. All right. Before we get into our, we have one more order of business before we dive on in here to lock and key. Oh, actually two more orders of business. One thing, well, we've got a jingle for it, which Mike Land will be introducing. But one quick thing, speaking of lock and key, um, rereading Red, White, and Royal Blue because the movie's coming out next week and I'm really excited about it. And I've been like gobbling up every little piece of like little snippet clip that they put out. And I forgot that in that book, he also has like a key necklace. And I was like, oh my God, Sarah doesn't trend better. (laughs) And I was like, that is like, it's not like a, a massive feature in the novel, but it's kind of a thing of the novel that Alex has. Like his Texas house key on, like that he keeps on his necklace, because that's where he puts Henry's ring, which in the movie they're putting it on his hand because they said the necklace thing you wouldn't be able to see in the movie. So again, this is how in books something works really well, but might not necessarily translate onto uh, screen. But anyways, so rereading that, I was like, I totally forgot about this. So there you go. Just a fun, what are the odds? I've read two books where like main characters keep their childhood house key on their necklace i just thought that was funny and i felt like sharing but interesting yeah i was like i totally forgot about that but anywho um we have a thing we have a segment a recurring segment on the show you might know sometimes we talk about our gayler truther ways and michael ann texted me today for recording and was like we have things to discuss so I've, i've come up with a quick jingle you might be familiar with how this tune goes it goes um it's me hi I'm the Gaylor Truther. It's me. Hit it, Michael Ann. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Okay. So I've been sent many TikToks. <clears throat> so on August 3rd was famously Carly Kloss's birthday. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Not only, hold on. Let me, let me fact check. Let me fact check. Really. Because you know what? Us. We got a couple facts wrong in our last episode, and people let us know in Discord, and I'm out. embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm not. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm just kidding. I'm a little bit embarrassed, but also people make mistakes, y'all. None of us knew how to pronounce Hermione until we saw the movie, okay? <laughs> um, okay. So August 3rd is Carly Kloss's birthday. Okay. On August 3rd, she played I Can See You, which is famously queer coded mm, famously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and maroon which is also famously queer coded oh, yeah. and rumored to be about carly class herself mm-hmm. so is taylor playing just some games just is she trying to say some things mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then there's more hold on let me pull up tiktok because i need to oh, reference wait, i need more. to reference the source oh her friend, Shay Mitchell, I don't know if you know who that is. She's very hot. Very hot mm. celebrity. Wait, I feel like she, I do know who Shay Mitchell is. I'm looking her up right now. <laughs> she was in um, You, but then also she was in Dollface, which is an incredibly good show on Hulu that they canceled because, of course, they did because it stars women. That's fair. Oh, yeah, I do know who this is. I just pulled up a picture of her. Sorry. <laughs> yes, she's gorgeous. But anyway, she's very pretty. She, posted a picture of all of the friendship bracelets that she's made for the tour mm. and one of them says Gaylor. Mm-hmm. oh oh just saying that's her friend so it's real yeah. y'all hashtag we've gone to the bottom of it it's real also vogue posted on tiktok 
the Carly Kloss, Taylor Swift. I almost said Taylor Moore. That's one of my good <laughs> friends. Shout out Taylor Moore. Taylor Swift. They posted that like best friend test video. You know, yeah. you know the one I'm talking about. Oh, and I know the one. Not only did it get deleted, but now you cannot, you can no longer find that video. Vogue has marked it as private and you can no longer watch it. So who, which one of them asked for that to happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why? And mm-hmm. tell me more. And tell me tell more. Me more. Uh, if that isn't just confirmation that they weren't just being gal pals in that video, you know, I don't know what is. It's straight up private. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. holy moly, holy mother of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a relationship. And again, mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care if Taylor and Carly sat me down with a lie detector, which is not even real science, but let's just say it was. And we're like, no, we weren't in a relationship. I'd be like, you're lying. You were. <laughs> you also, cannot deny. There is that other Gaylor theory that she was dating one of her backup singers, Liz, during the Speak Now era. Uh-huh. And that woman recently came out on TikTok. So. Just effing saying. Just saying. Just we're saying. Just saying. Just saying. We're just putting the facts out. What you do with those facts is up to you. Exactly. You can believe them or you can take what take what you want. Take what you will. Take what you want. Take what you will out of that. Take what you will. Yeah. And that's been this week's rendition of It's Me. Hi. I'm the Gaylor Truther. It's me. I hope you've all enjoyed. <laughs> Thank you all for entertaining my Gaylorness. <laughs> and now we will recap what we have read so far in this lovely novel. First of all, I want to say shout out to Sunshine, I believe her name is. Their name? Yeah, yeah. You know, we have to ask, we need to ask for um. We really should put pronouns. that in our introductions, yeah, what our yeah. pronouns are. Um, I'll just use gender neutral just in case, but um, Sunshine, m- let us know that it's not Jarvis, it's Gervais. <laughs> And I confirmed it by downloading the audiobook from the library she yesterday. She sure did. She fact-checked that. <laughs> and it is, in fact, Gervais. So we have egg on our face. We are silly, silly billies, and we're stupid. So it's Gervais, not, Jer- not Jarvis. Yeah. I want it to be known, though. I want to go on record by saying I'm going to try my best to pronounce it as Gervais for the rest of the recording. But when I read it in my head, I've still been pronouncing it Jarvis. So just so everyone knows. So I've always read it and I'm going to keep reading it that way. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So previously in the novel where we left off, we left off. So Ruby, our, our MC is, is growing. She's growing. She's letting people she into is. her life. She's healing. Mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. thriving. Okay. And she's been hanging out a lot with Nate. She's starting to feel some, feelings um yeah the last thing we saw was she was going around with him all over the place and for his job they went to batman's house (laughs) is it batman (laughs) also gervais aka jarvis (laughs) aka jarvis how do you spell jarvis i guess with a j i mean i've only ever seen it 
again, I guess the only, well, uh, as a big fan, another show that was canceled too soon because it started a woman, a, a big fan of Adrian Carter, um, Jarvis, the butler who ends up inspiring the name of Iron Man's assistant, Jarvis, because that was like his family's butler, I think it's spelled with a J, but I'm not sure. I'm looking up Adrian Carter yes. on IMDb right now so, to see how they spell his and- name. Andrew listens to a podcast called Sad Boys. It's actually very good. And mm. one of the hosts' name is Jarvis, and it is J-A-R-V-I-S. So yes, we are I'm, all over the I'm place. seeing that now, that that is how it is spelt uh, via the IMDb page of Agent Carter. What a great show that was. Short-lived, but so good. So quality. I just really love Haley Otwell. Okay. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> but I also so- think... You know how Jeff can be spelt with a J or a G? I just thought it was like that. It was like the G spelling yeah. of Jarvis. You yeah. know? That's where my yeah. head was. Clearly I was wrong. Yeah. But <laughs> Jeff with a G is spelled like Geoff. So Yeah, exactly. The English language is weird, y'all. Okay, excuse us. If you can spell Geoff and pronounce it Jeff, then, you know. I think that's German. It might be the German pr- like spelling. It's like Arab Siobhan, but it's spelled Sobian. It's Irish. Yeah, exactly. It's Irish. Irish names. Speaking of, or just, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. yes. They're they are bizarre. And I can say that with Irish heritage, okay? I'm only making fun of my own people. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. I grew up in Boston, obviously. I've mentioned this a million times. And a bunch of girls I went to high school with who are all like first generation Irish, first generation mm-hmm. American, their parents are Irish. Um have all named had babies and they all have Irish names and mm-hmm. I've been Googling the pronunciation of like every single one of them because I'm like, I need to know this is fascinating the way they spell things. It's like what? And pronounce it. Have you ever watched that clip of uh Saoirse Ronan on Stephen Colbert and he just like makes her go through all this Irish names and it's fascinating <laughs> to me. I'm like, huh, yeah, that's not spelled the way it's pronounced. <laughs> oh, Gaelic, you tricky bastard. You- crazy little tricky language you but anyway back to the book um yes yeah so that's that's where we left off jarvis jervais has been a little quieter lately a little bit more well behaved and cora and jamie are still trying to have a un baby yeah and yeah un un baby (laughs) un baby that was my favorite thing. A little baby. Just one. Um, yeah, they are. And they're struggling in it, but it's cute. I mean, it's not cute that they're struggling, but the fact that you said baby is cute. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're th- I just want to go. I just want to say, I want to let everyone know as we're recording this, as you're listening to it, uh, lovely people, that this episode we're recording on the weekend that my husband is away, which is... I'm good. Like, I'm not the type of person who, like, has to be around their spouse 24-7. I love my me time. I've been catching up on my TV shows and whatever. But I have obviously, over the last few years, gotten very accustomed to having my husband be, you know, to to have him around and, and be in my bed every night. So I haven't been sleeping very well. So if I'm even extra loopy or, like, brain foggy weird today, um, blame it on my husband. Okay, thanks. Just kidding. <laughs> How dare he leave me and have me have to sleep by myself. Chapter 11, we are thriving. I'm not tired at all because my husband is out of town. (laughs) 
Not at all. We're do- we're doing it, okay, baby. Let's we're go. Chapter it. eleven. Yes, chapter eleven. So Olivia and Ruby. I almost said Rachel. Guys, I'm sleeping fine, but. You know what? That's just the chaos we break. Last night, Andrew ended up not having to work. And normally he works every Friday night. And I picked him up at like 30 minutes after I dropped him off. And I was like, just so you know, I bring an extremely chaotic energy to Friday nights. It's normally my (laughs) night alone. Um, So get ready for the chaos. But anyway, um, so yes, Ruby and Olivia are at lunch. They are chatting olivia's kind of calling her out uh for being interested in nate she's like obviously something's going on with you and nate oh also i want to make a correction that we got called out another score again laney is not olivia's sister laney's olivia's cousin cousin. yes yes god we we gotta get a fat checker for this show i know we need somebody that's like um well we have the discord and they let us know and i appreciate that I feel a little bit like Seth Meyers when he makes his corrections videos of all the things that the commenters called him out on over the week. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and fact check this now, but also I'm going to roast you a little bit. Um, and I enjoy those videos. So I guess this is now, anytime we get called out, I'll be like, okay, yeah, we were wrong. All right. (laughs) It is Gervais. Thank you. It is Gervais. We know now. Thanks. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, so Olivia's kind of ragging on her a little bit, and then Olivia answers the phone. Of course, she's getting another phone call. Olivia gets a lot of phone calls, she's and she and uh, Ruby is scanning the courtyard, and she sees Gervais staring at her, mm-hmm. and he's she's like, "What the fuck?" She said, "Then again, Gervais had been acting st- sort of strange lately, or stranger." So that's something we can keep in the back of our minds. She says here, which I was like, girlfriend, this is your sign that you were in love with Nate. She says, you know how like Nate had pointed out like, oh, look, he's lost his head here. Look, he's different, whatever. And she goes, in fact, as Nate and I had gotten closer, Gervais had almost become an afterthought. Hmm. Hmm. When you're so in your little romantic bubble in the front seat that you don't even realize there's another guy in the car, Ruby, that's when you know that you like someone (laughs) as taylor swift says you are in love yep you are in love so then he comes over nate comes over and sits with them olivia's talking to laney on the phone yeah they're just kind of like hanging out uh ruby's starting to be like oh should i have friends and like i hang out with them she's growing Yeah. Yeah. yeah Now we're about to get into like holiday palooza portion of this book is what I feel like these Which chapters are. I was living for, living for. It's almost honest. fall, people. Well, it's August. So technically it's Halloween time because both of us lived in Orlando right. for many years mm-hmm. and Halloween starts we in start August. We start Halloween in August. We do. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I was like just living for all of these fall and winter holidays. I was like, yes. I know gonna be right in the spirit i'm so ready for it what where was i i don't even know oh she's like she says but then but that was the thing about taking help and giving it or so i was learning there's no such thing as really getting even instead this connection once opened remained ongoing over time it's like yeah girl you can't just be even with people it's friendship 
It's a give yep. and take. Yep. Exactly. And now we're in Thanksgiving. Eek. Which I would like to retract my statement a little bit about Jamie and saying that he is the perfect guy. I still think he is mostly the perfect guy. But this man loves Thanksgiving too much to be a perfect guy. Because me and Thanksgiving, we don't gel. Okay, first of all, fuck the story of Thanksgiving because it's a lie. <laughs> Second yes. of all, it's not It's not good. It's not good. It's family drama. It's eating not good food. Uh, people who say they like Thanksgiving food, you're wrong. I just want to know. I'm just kidding. Um, I've already pissed I off like the Christopher Nolan fans last week. This week, I'm going to piss off the Thanksgiving fans. <laughs> I'm a Thanksgiving fan. Well, I'm not a Thanksgiving a fan. I'm not a Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving fan. food fan. But the food, yes. What do you What do you like about Thanksgiving? I'm sorry. I genuinely always like to ask you who like Thanksgiving food. Like, what is their favorite food of Thanksgiving? Like, what's your favorite food? Cranberry sauce, but not the cranberry, cranberry sauce with cranberries. Fire. The cranberry sauce that's shaped like the like can. The can kind, yeah. Yes. No, I agree. I don't like the real stuff. Give me the canned stuff. I do like cranberry sauce. That is fire, and I like sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on it oh, but yeah. you can eat that for christmas too so i'm like well i'll just like enjoy that for christmas <laughs> yes i like to combine the cranberry sauce i like to put mm. a cranberry sauce on my fork and then a mashed potato underneath it okay ones. a little bit of gravy. Mm. Little bit gravy i don't really care for turkey so say do you like turkey, turkey is... you're not turkey fan? i mean i'll eat it if it's there we did a lot of ham growing up. Okay. <laughs> um, so I prefer ham. But when you're eating all I of agree. the Thanksgiving food, like in one bite, as I was just describing, adding turkey is good because turkey is essentially flavorless. So that, you know what? That's opinion. fair. It, it is. It is. It's just dry flavorless meat. I don't know why people like it. Yes. But boy, do they. Um, they which do. I guess is why gravy was invented. But yes. I love – it's so weird because, yeah, fall is my favorite time of year. I love the time of year that Thanksgiving falls on. I love the idea of Thanksgiving. As I swear it's still tied to the book. Like, I love Jamie's family tradition of, like, thankfulness and stuff. That's nice. But just that. the <laughs> – see, you like the food. I don't like the food. I like the thankfulness. <laughs> this, is, this is why we work well together. Um this is our friendship, everyone. No, but <laughs> um, but I I just can't get behind the Thanksgiving, like like what we teach children Thanksgiving. I just can't oh, get yeah. behind it. It really, Mm-mm. it irks me. Um, my mother, who I know is listening to this, is like very, very opposed to Thanksgiving because she, um, yeah, obviously she, like all people should, cares about indigenous people. She took a, uh, when was this? Mom, if you're listening, fact check me. A few years back, she took like the, the, some universities had like those three classes online. I think it was one from Canada. She took this Indigenous People class, and then ever since then, she's been very um, invested in their causes and and stuff like that. Um, and she's she's gotten really into it. So um, so yeah. So as someone who we've never really been big, me and my mom, big Thanksgiving people. Our favorite Thanksgiving, I always say, was when we were in Ireland and we didn't have to go into the charade of Thanksgiving because they don't have it there. It was great. 10 out of 10 would recommend. But um, but ever since then, she's really been anti-Thanksgiving because, you know, obviously it's some, uh, yes. you know, some bullshit. But, I don't, but we love really, that Jamie loves it, I guess. <laughs> I don't really give a shit about Thanksgiving, mostly because for most of my adult life, I was a waitress. So I, yes, worked, I worked like every Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
Last Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. me and Andrew were together for the first time, like, ever. And we made, like, a little Thanksgiving meal. But then we just, like, played the Switch and, like, hung out. Like, we weren't trying yeah. to celebrate in any way. Everyone, his mom was really confused by that. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's a fake holiday. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we are servers. Yeah. What can I say? Exactly. Yeah. I pretty much... Mm, since I was like 16 and I got my first job have worked most Thanksgivings. So it just really doesn't affect me or phase me much that holiday. (laughs) Me either. But Jamie loves it. His whole, his family's coming over. They're hosting Thanksgiving this year. Cora is of course panicking. She's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I have to cook all this food. Um, they're of course not. It is stressful. Oh yeah. No. Stress. Oh, Jamie says Jamie says that their first anniversary is Turkey Day. Aww, he loves Thanksgiving, but he it's so cute. But he got food poisoning when they were in college and he had to stay at the dorms. And of course, Cora was also at the dorms and she like found him sick in the hallway and she made him English muffin pizzas and they hung out and watched movies all day, and that's so cute. Their, their meet cute is a very adorable story, like how they became to be. And I love that it's the English muffin pizzas because that's a good callback. Like that instantly gets Ruby in her feels because Corey used to make those for her. I also just think this exchange is very funny. He says, "So I had to stay in the dorm alone for Thanksgiving. Isn't that the saddest thing you've ever heard?" No, I said. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've heard sadder, which is like, yeah, yeah, which again is like, love Jamie to pieces, but he lived a very privileged life. Like, he grew yeah. up pretty well to do. His family's well adjusted. They all love each other. So, to him, the saddest thing that's ever happened to him was when he was left alone for Thanksgiving. And Ruby's like, nah, I've heard sadder. She's <laughs> like, um, I was left alone in a house with no electricity yeah. or water and abandoned by my alcoholic mother. So, no, that's not the saddest like, thing ever. Sure. That the worst holiday of all the holidays you were left alone for. What a shame. Bless <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jamie, God. honestly. Just bless him. It's so adorable. Oh, yeah. This is when we find out about the thankful lists. Yes. Um, and I wrote, oh, my God, what? Absolutely no way <laughs> am I reading a list of things I'm thankful for around a dinner table with my family. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> yeah, no, there's no fucking way. Like, and here it is. I know that I have problems with, like, feelings. <laughs> Okay. And I know it's hard for me to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this makes me want to curl up and fucking die. (laughs) Curl up and die. I don't want to do this. Oh my God. I feel like this, but I did when I was reading this, I was like, you know who probably does this? Bethany and her family. (laughs) So we have, again, as someone who's not really celebrated Thanksgiving with my actual like birth family uh, in a very long time because I was always working in Orlando and they were back home. But uh, essentially we did used to kind of go around the table and say like what we were thankful for. We didn't like make like a thankful list by any means, but it wasn't uncommon for us to like growing up to, to like shout out something you were thankful for. I will say what is very ironic to me is my father-in-law makes us all do this. I've celebrated Thanksgiving a lot more recently in my adult life with my in-laws because they lived in the greater Orlando area. So my husband and I would work during the day, go over there for dinner at night. 
And my father-in-law was very adamant about us doing this, but he's also the least touchy-feely person I know. He basically acted like he didn't care about what you said, but forced us all to say it. So I always thought it was very weird because I was like, you don't care what I'm actually thankful for. So I don't know why we have to do this before we start this meal. But like, sure, Pete, go off, I guess. <laughs> he like secretly does love it, but can't, he just like, can't outwardly. He, it. As someone who is also from the Northeast, I just think it's not part of his his ways to be like, I will be touchy feely about this. But he's like, but we will do it because that is what is meant to be done. But yeah, maybe deep down, he's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Deep, deep down. Mm-hmm. 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 It, it, oh, God. That, ah. no. <laughs> But anyway, moving on from my discomfort. Um, she, yeah, he's like, we're going to make these thankful lists. She's like, oh, God, okay. She's like, you had to admire Jamie's optimism for him. Anything was possible. A pond in the middle of the suburbs, a wayward sister-in-law going to college, a house becoming a home, and thankful lists for everyone. And here's one thing I will say about that is he's rich and white yeah. and a man. So probably. So it's a lot easier for them to be optimistic. Yeah, anything is possible for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the game of life, he got handed a lot of handicaps. You know what I mean? Like he's he's doing good. He's mm-hmm. he's got a lot of things going for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. This on page while we're while we're talking about well adjusted families and and vulnerability and whatever on page two seventy six um Cora and Cora's freaking out about having to cook this and she's like I've never made Thanksgiving dinner before and so Ruby very politely reminds her well you made those English muffin pizzas for Jamie and that's the sweetest Thanksgiving ever and so. She's like, well, that's Jamie, though. If it's just him, I wouldn't be worried. But, like, his entire family coming makes me nervous. And she, so Ruby asked her why. And she goes, because they're all just so well-adjusted, she said, shuddering. It makes our family look like a pack of wolves. And I was like, this is Michael Ann. <laughs> this is Michael Ann talking about our family. I was like, oh, my God, this is the conversation we have on the regular. Like, oh, you're, you're like, really well-adjusted family. Um, and I just died reading that. And I was like, this is so funny that that came up in this novel. Yeah. Yeah, my family is chaos. I'm sure not a pack but in a of good way. Wolves, I'm sure that's not no. Accurate. They're definitely not like a bunch of abusive alcoholics. We're just from Boston, and we are very loud. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're definitely not like Ruby's <laughs> Ruby's uh, parents by any means, by any stretch no. of the means. All right, so so yeah, so they're just you know she's freaking out, and she was saying that. Uh, they're too nice. That's why they're understanding all the time. They all get along. They love me. They'll eat the turkey, even if it's charred and raw. Um, no one's going to be Aww. drunk and passed out on the sweet potatoes. And Ruby's like, Mom never like passed out on food. And she's like, that you remember. <laughs> like, Cora's just like in full-on spiral mode right now. And it's kind of adorable. Um, but also I feel for her because it is really stressful. Being It's one thing to be like, yeah, I'll host Thanksgiving. And then you actually have to do it. And all your in-laws are, you know, Jamie comes from this big brood of people. And they're all going to be there. And she has to cook for them. And, yeah, it's I, I understand her stress. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even want, like, my husband's family is extremely small. But I would be extremely self-conscious cooking for them. First of all, because I'm a terrible cook. As my mother-in-law proclaimed at my... <laughs> bridal shower when I was getting like, wow, cooking supplies. <laughs> like, I don't know why she needs wow. this. She's not, a, <laughs> she's not a good cook. Yeah, basically. Um, 
which was hilarious, but fair. Yeah, I would be stressed too. I'd be like, um, this is terrible. But also I hate the expectations of others being placed on me in such a big way. Yeah, that's very fair. Very fair. And I don't know how to cook a turkey whatsoever. I actually did have to cook a turkey once, even though I do not eat it. And uh, so, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I, I don't know. I can't like taste test it and make sure it tastes all right. I don't eat meat. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think Andrew if anyone ever does. expects me to do that don't it's all i'm gonna say (laughs) yeah andrew's mom bought us the turkey last year and we both looked at her like what do you expect us to do with this turkey but andrew figured it out he made the turkey so good on you i'm proud of him that's impressive ruby gives her gives cora a little pep talk and she's like all right we gotta go down there it's time and so they go down there and then she, we kind of have like a flashback. This this book in particular does a lot of like back and forth. Yes. Present like, times and like we're flashing back to this morning. We're flashing back to last week. A lot of that going on here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of these moments. We're flashing back to this morning. Um, and Ruby goes over to Nate's house to borrow his oven to put a couple pies in there. Nate is getting ready for an extremely busy day of work. Um, and his dad is of course yelling at him because his dad sucks and they kind of have a moment though. Like he like touches her hand mm-hmm. with the key and she like feels this like electricity and she's like, Oh my God, what was that? And yeah, but then, you know, Mr. Cross flips the fuck out and they, he leaves. Yeah. Well, he's such a douchebag. I hate this man. <laughs> I hate this man, and my hate for him only grows as we get deeper into yes. these chapters. Yes, very much so. Um, she ends up finding her sister. Or, oh wait, sorry, I almost um, was, I stepped ahead a little bit. Uh, we learn a little bit about Nate's family, and he's like, "What? You're not the only one with a checkered past, you know?" Because you know, before he's been like, he kind of told her like, "You don't know like what's going on in people's lives," and she was all like, "I'm pretty sure like." I have the worst life, you know, shouldn't say that, but like, you know, (laughs) when you're a teenager, you're a little self-absorbed and you're like, there's no, and in fairness, she has a, she's been through it. She's really been through the ringer. So she, she, he kind of learns, she kind of learns about how his parents, when they divorced, he went with his mom to Phoenix. And then I, it kind of sounds like his mom started building a new family with his stepdad and like, she ended up having kids and whatnot. It does say she had my stepsisters, which doesn't, I'm like, so did he, stepsisters to me is like that dad had, his stepdad had kids and then she got involved in them. But then when he says had, I'm like, had is then like she had more kids because then those would be your half siblings. But anyways, I'm getting really wrapped up in the semantics. Either way, it sounds like she got a little bit more invested in his sisters because they were younger and he was in like middle school at this time and he kind of started causing problems and, you know, according to him anyways, he's probably just being like a middle school age boy, because let's face it, they're kind of the worst. <laughs> like, God yes. love them. But being a middle school age is tough. But anywho, um, so he ends up getting shipped back to his dad, kind of like in a, a, a disciplinary way. And so this kind of shocks Ruby, because she didn't know, you know, like he has his own family drama. And, and her mind, you know, he has this nice house with a nice pool. And He's always so positive. Like, there's no way he has his own things, but he clearly has his own things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty sad that his mom just, like, 
sends him to live with his dad because she's like decided she doesn't give a shit about like middle school kids are like those are like the heart most difficult ages for either gender you know yes um I remember being in middle school and just like the amount of feelings that you have that you don't know what to do with it's like you're like exploding but to give up on your kid yeah that's kind of fucked up like we basically learn here in this chapter ruby realizes that her and i have a lot more in common like both of their mothers gave up on them but in different ways i guess you know and that's just really sad plain and simple like really depressing and um so yeah nay has to go she checks on the pies again and then she uh Oh, she goes into his room and it really hits her. Um, it's very, you know, she expects this to be like a typical guy's room where it's like messy or like maybe there'd be like, I don't know, some of Nate's personality because obviously she's gotten to know him fairly well. And it's just very sterile. It reminds her of Batman's house. And then she realizes <laughs> even more disturbingly it reminds her of her room. Like there just is nothing about it. Like there's no pictures. There's no anything that makes it personal. And I think she just kind of has this moment where she's like, oh, Oh, okay. Like I, like maybe I should make my room look more, you know, like it's so interesting when you see something from the outside perspective, like when it's you, you don't think about it, but like now she's seen Nate doing it and it's like, Oh wow. That's sad. (laughs) Your room, my casual personality. And I think that really is kind of like a little bit of a, I don't know, I guess like a little bit of a wake up moment from from her. They have more in common than she originally thought. Yes, exactly. But we're back at Thanksgiving now with Jamie's whole family. And this next part just makes me so sad because Cora talks about how she's worried about this because the whole family is so nice and so well adjusted. And she has to cook this big, you know, traditional family meal for them. And then she's also like, and they're all so fertile. And like, I know that they're like just waiting for me to announce that I'm pregnant. And so, of course, Jamie stands up at the head of the table, not thinking because he's been so excited about this You Me ad campaign. And which, of course, includes his family. So he wants to share that news. And instead, he stands up and he's like, so there's something we want to tell you. And, of course, everyone's eyes go to Cora. And she just, like, leaves the room because, you know, and he's like, oh, oh, no, no, not. uh, It's about you, me. It's about you, me.com. And he tells about the ad campaign. And then they're all excited about that. But then Ruby goes and checks on her sister in the other room. Because she's like, she like, you know, told you like that they they they're all just waiting for me to to get pregnant and stuff, and so she's like, you, you know, it was just nice. Uh, it's a very sad moment for Cora, and it was just a nice moment where Ruby kind of, you know, the the tables have been turned. Ruby kind of gets to go check in on her for once. So I just mm-hmm. thought it was a nice little little sweet sister moment. Um. Yes. And then she goes ahead and, you know, she's been asking everyone about family. So she asks her, like, what family means to her. And Cora just assumes that they'd have very similar answers. She's like, oh, our answers are probably, this, you know, very similar. And Ruby kind of, you know, to herself is like, oh, not really. But um, but she does really like her sister's answer, which I do, too. I think it's a pretty good answer. One of the better answers we've heard so far. Um, she says, mm-hmm. But that's just the thing, right? Family isn't something that's supposed to be static or set. People marry in, divorce out, they're born, they die. It's always evolving, turning into something else. Even that picture of Jamie's family was only the true representation for that one day. By the next, something had probably changed. It had to. 
And yeah, so she just tells her, oh, like, that's probably the best definition I've gotten so far. And then they kind of, you know, after they have their little moment where they discuss family, get pulled back into the big family dinner. And Ruby ends up asking, um, words are failing right now, Jamie's mom, uh, about the picture. Because, of course, it's from her wedding day. And so she's like, oh, do you still remember everyone's, you know, names from this? And she's like, yes, would you like me to prove it to you? And she kind of goes through and, you know, starts saying everyone's names. And it's just a nice little cute moment. She, Eleanor seems like a nice lady. We we understand now yeah. where Jamie gets it from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She said, um, she's like, but as she ran a finger slowly across the faces, identifying each one, it occurred to me that maybe this was her answer for the family question. All those mm-hmm. names strung together like beads on a chain, coming together, splitting apart, but still and always a family. And I was like, that's so nice. Aww. I love it. Eleanor, you seem like such a sweet little lady. Yeah. I love this little family. I wish they would invite me to Christmas. Right? I want to come to Christmas with this family at the nice fancy house by the pond. (laughs) I know. Seriously. Sign me the hell up. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents' house is pretty cute, and it has, like, this beautiful, like, river in the back. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I like going there. That's nice. I've always wanted a white Christmas. I've never had one in my life, and I think it would be cool to experience. So, it I, is cool. When my sister lived in upstate New York, it was the closest I got to it, but it didn't snow on Christmas. Like, it wasn't snowing on Christmas Day. It snowed right before, but it wasn't enough to stick, and then it kind of started snowing more heavily after. So, I did kind of, like, in the Christmas season got snow, but I didn't actually have a white Christmas. So sad. One of these days it'll happen. Someday. 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 You'll do that. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, so then she realizes that she left the pies at Nate's house, which I was like, when I read that she had put the pies in the oven and then left, I'm like, she's yeah. not going to remember those. <laughs> she's not gonna end well. <laughs> so she's like, oh, shit. She runs over to Nate's house to get the pies out of the oven they're not burnt she knows because she set a timer so the oven shut off but when she gets over there she hears law she hears a lot of noises a lot of thuds a lot of anger so she kind of like peeks into the garage door where it's coming from mr cross has clearly pulled a shelving thing down from the wall He's screaming. He's calling Nate disgusting, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's saying that you never, he never does anything right. Um, and Nate's like, I'll apologize. And he's like, I'm not going to have you blabbing about it to the clients. Like, you're proud of it, which is like so fucking. It, whenever right. I make like, a mistake, I've only not. worked, I've only worked client facing jobs my whole life. And anytime I make a mistake, I'm, I walk up to a table. And I'm like, I forgot to ring in your food. Right. People are much more like accepting and nice when you're not lying to them. Right. Um, it's just admitting like you made a mistake is it's okay. Mr. Cross, like fucking relax. But <laughs> yeah, he's like, you disgust me. I can't even look at you. And then he basically leaves the house in, in a rage. Yeah. And Ruby hears yeah. all of this and she's yes. like a little shooketh. She's like, holy, she like shooketh. she'd already gotten some bad vibes from this man. But now she's like, 
holy shit, like this is way worse than I could have even possibly imagined. Yep. And she decides to go in and check on him. Mm-hmm. And he's very cold. Like he's very like cold and curt. And he's like, nothing happened. I'm fine. Please don't talk about it. It's no big deal. It happens all the time. He's really trying to like brush it off. I do want to say that she looks out the garage door and an older couple in windsuits walk by with their arms swinging in tandem. And during this like really upsetting scene, that is like just such a cute moment. Like just this old couple in like matching windsuits. I assume they're matching. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, he's like, so does she's like, so does he talk to you like that a lot? And Nate's like, oh, no, no big deal. It's fine. And this is when Ruby tells her, tells him like, yeah, my mom used to slap us around when we were younger. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, he like doesn't want to make this connection. He's just like, it's fine. Like, he's fine. And she's like, what well, does he hit you? And he says a couple of times, but it's rare. And it's like, even if it's rare, it's, rare. it's still not good. <laughs> it shouldn't happen ever. No. The answer should be no. no, never. Of course not. Not like occasionally, but it's fine. <laughs> it's like no big deal. He just like is violent around me and towards me, but he's yeah. only hit me like a couple of times. It's fine. It's totally it's like, fine. It's like, it's uh, just like fully uh, in denial. Yeah, he basically is like, you know, what would I do get if I told someone I'd get shipped off to social services or get shipped back to my mom? And like, those are both not alternatives that he thinks are great either, which in fairness, he's right. I mean, I don't want him to be in this yeah. house anymore with his dad, but like, we don't really do well <laughs> by children who go through terrible situations like this. They end up getting put in the system and it's shitty. It's shitty either way. And so I understand him being like, you know, at six months, you understand, right, Ruby? Like, you you were just trying to get free. Like, you understand. And he, and he does. He kind of, like, he uses, uh, you know, like, obviously, he kind of feels backed in a corner. No one was ever supposed to know this or see this. And now, obviously, she does. And so he's trying to use tactics of, like, you know, get on, on her level. Like, you understand. Like, you of all people should understand, right? And, you know, the logical part of her mind is like, no, like this isn't right. And I should say something, but then she does understand, unfortunately. And so she's like, Oh, okay. And then she says, all of a sudden she thought of Heather the day at the pond place. And she's like, I'm glad you and Nate are friends. She said she was worried about you. Um, she says to Nate, and he's like, I'm fine. Like, he's just like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, everything's fine. And like all of these little puzzle pieces are just clicking into place for Ruby. Like, you know, his Mr. Kosh is kind of creeping her out. What Heather told her that one day, what Nate's kind of alluded to sort of before. And she's like, holy crap. But yeah, he just says, um, you know, like, I'm just, I'm just trying to get through these next six months and then I'll be out of here. And so she's kind of, you know, waging a war within herself. She's like, should I be like the honey cuts and turn him in? You know, it's, it'd be the right thing to do. Um, and at the end of the day, like, I'm thankful that that happened to me, but you know, she's like, um, when you felt like you had no options or didn't need anyone, you could be wrong. But after all, he just told me to say this second. This seemed foolish, if not impossible. Six months wasn't that long, and I'd been left behind enough. You understand, right? He said. There was only one answer. Yeah, I said. Of course I do. And so that's where they leave it for now, where she's like, yeah, I'll keep your secret about the fact that your dad's an absolute, like, shithead to you. Ah! 
it's tough. It's very tough. And I understand her not knowing what to do. And I understand Nate not wanting anyone to know. But, yeah, it's, it's not yeah. a good situation that he is in, obviously. I think this is where we also find out that basically the reason that Nate quit swimming was because yes. his dad was losing his freaking mind mm-hmm. on the sidelines and it just took the fun out of it. And, oh, my God, parents? My sibling, my nieces and nephews are very involved in sports and my siblings tell the craziest stories about parents who are just like way too into it um, to the detriment of the kids, honestly. Yeah. Again, it's supposed to be fun. Like it's not, not every yeah. child is going to turn into the next, you know, LeBron James or Olympic athlete or whatever. Like kids should just be able to go enjoy swimming or whatever sport that they partake in and it not be like, life and death serious he definitely is giving me like dan scott vibes here right like yes. for sure some dan scott vibes especially with like the swimming and he got kicked out of the meets but he still would come and like stand behind the fence and like yell at him and it's like uh, yeah i can't with the the like mommy and daddy manager you know m- mom and mm-hmm. dad's like yeah who just like think that like their kid's gonna be a star in this and they like ride them really too hard it's it's very disturbing all right. Well, we just decided, everybody, that we're only <laughs> going to do chapter 11 and 12. So we're going to change up the schedule a little bit. These chapters are very dense. And yeah. you know us at Hate Spinner Bay. We like to talk. And what can I say? What can I we're say? We're a couple Ooh. of Gilmore gals. We are. Chapter 12. Here we go. Day after Thanksgiving. Oh. Black Friday. Black Here Friday. we go. This, like, isn't even a thing anymore, Black Friday. But... I know. It's not the way it used to be. Anyways. Back in 06, it was. People were lined up outside the mall at 5, 6 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning um, to get in to do shopping. And she is rushing over to the mall kiosk to help Harriet. Yeah, she's at, she's at the mall, 5.30 in the morning. Reggie's there at his little vitamin me kiosk, which is hilarious right. because, as she says, like, who's Black and Friday shopping, shopping for shark cartilage? But she's like... He's like, oh, I don't mind. I like the bustle. And it's like, mm-hmm. you like the bustle or you like being around Harriet? Let's be honest. I ship them so hard. I love that. Reggie and Harriet, get together. We love you. I ship them so hard. Yeah. Harriet's already had three coffees, by the way. <laughs> One of the things that I want to say about Harriet is like, are her bowels just like completely destroyed? Right. Like, is her stomach lining just like gone? How do you drink that much coffee in a yeah, day? Yeah, I'm trying to know. Oh, so then we find out that Harriet has a new item. She has yeah. made key necklaces to inspired by Ruby's necklace. And Ruby loves them. She thinks they're beautiful. And they decide to put them out that day and they sell like hotcakes they sell like, like hotcakes cake. baby we love it makes it. me want to make one i want to make one i know same i really we should make them we should do that should and do then that. when we go to the um little convention that we're going to in november i'll be like look at us they're little key necklaces it'll be cute <laughs> it will be cute oh i'm excited yeah, she's like, the day went by in a blur, tons of people, we sold out these necklaces, and she goes home, and I think it's so cute and so funny that Jamie is like, oh, wait, hold on, I'm skipping ahead. 
uh, Harriet <laughs> offers to make her her own necklace, and she's like, no, okay, I'm okay. Like, I like mine. I like my original. Yeah, she's talking about how she thought for a while about taking the key necklace off because the person she was then and the person she is now were, like, so separated from each other. Right. But then she decided that she was going to keep it on as a reminder and... She says, after what happened the night before, I was thinking maybe having a reminder wasn't such a bad idea. So basically, what happened with Nate? Yes. And yeah, and then they're back to school. Little Thanksgiving break is over, so Nate's coming to pick her up, and she's all like, things are, I was worried that things were going to be awkward after that. And then, you know, she hops in the car, and everything seems, you know, like pretty normal like he's chill he's just grumbling about like schoolwork stuff and she's like yeah this calculus test I have to pass and Gervais look at me y'all look at me calling it calling by the right name um is like he's the reason that it's kind of awkward I guess essentially she says like they stop to get gas and he's just in the back seat like like a heavy sign like it's like he's about to like say something to her but he never quite gets the nerve and then before you know it like Nate is back in the car and um and you know they're they're off to go and oh so this is when Nate's all like oh you know whenever I'm in a hurry I always get the slowest gas pump in the world and you know Gervais is just like oh yeah probably the same reason that you like hit every red light when you're late and it's like all in all it's honestly like a pretty normal drive to school, normal banter. So she's like, okay, besides Gervais, like being weird in the backseat, which really isn't that unusual, um, things are good to go. And then here we are, it's December. Mm-mm, we're getting into the Christmas season. And she's saying that like her whole life is just consumed by like working for Harriet and, you know, all this stuff. Like it's just working on calculus, like lots of things are going uh, on and then she says when she's not busy with her own stuff she's just like tagging along with Nate to his job which again I'd like to state friends do not just tag along with friends on their job okay like that's not like you just want to spend time with him okay mm-hmm. okay just let's, let's all just be clear about that okay yeah. <laughs> well, this is the Belgian macaroon scene where he's like they're at the fancy like it's kind of like a Whole Foods type of story I feel yeah. like and they're buying these like fancy Belgian macaroons for I guess like one of the people that they're working with or whatever um like a corporate kind of Christmas gift thing and he's like they're not macaroons they're Belgian macaroons (laughs) which how are Belgian macaroons more fancy than actual French macaroons like what do you think the fanciest ones would be straight from France I don't know but it's just it's a funny thing a Belgian macaroon like how is it different it's just from Belgium instead of France Let's see. Or made here in America. Imagine if they like didn't exist. Belgium macarons. <laughs> um, I can't really tell the difference. I think maybe Belgium macarons are like chocolate specifically. That's all I can Ooh. really find. I could kind of be into that then. Yeah. Y'all. Um, okay. Yeah, so they're getting Belgium na- macaroons. Belgium. Belgi- Belgian. 
And this is where literally everyone ships Harriet and Reggie because they're talking about how Harriet's been so like flustered and stressed. And Nate's like, you know, there's one thing that she like needs that would make her life simpler. And Ruby thinks that he's like talking about his job and she's like, oh, you know, rest assured helping her out. And he's like, no, Reggie. And it's like, oh, wow, wow. Yeah, we all ship it. Everyone can see it, but you, Harriet, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, you know, basically Ruby's like, oh, yeah, I actually have talked to Harriet about this, and she's certain that they're just friends, and she says that she doesn't have time for a relationship, and Nate's like, everyone's busy. Like, that's not an excuse. Like, that's not a good reason. And she's like, well, you know, like, I just think she's scared of, like, being vulnerable with him. And basically, they were having a conversation about Reggie and Harriet, which is really about... Nate and Ruby it's about themselves and I love it I love how they're just like dancing around the subject of the two of them with each other yep it's kind of funny and um so he's all like oh being independent dooms relationships and she's like uh no like that's what I'm saying and they just you know and so he's like I don't think um Reggie wants her life just a date and it's like yeah you just want a date right Nate is that what you're is that what you're trying to get to Mm -hmm. so yeah first of all Reggie and Harriet get together. Second of all, hello, Ruby. Hello. Like, just, yeah, go on a date with Nate, okay? He likes you, clearly. Yeah, it's so cute. Also, I want to say that Nate is like, it's so flake. It's kind of flagrant. What does he, what does she think all that ginkgo is about? Exactly. <laughs> friends don't get friends ginkgo. Friends don't get friends ginkgo. It's, you know, I want to know who I bet gave someone ginkgo once. I bet Carly Kloss gave Taylor Swift some ginkgo. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Just saying. I don't want you like a best friend. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Just saying. But anyway. <laughs> we are now, again, so much going back and forth in the timeline in, in this book, as you mentioned. So, yeah, we're shoop, we're shooping over to... Now, Lainey, who is Olivia's cousin, hey, hey, look at us, um, is practicing for her 5K still, and Olivia has agreed to help, even though Olivia is honestly not being very nice, which Ruby kind of calls out. She's like, you you have to support her in some way because you're here. Like, you continue to be here for her and do this. And she's like, yeah, 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 but I like, I, I don't support it, but who else would be here? And it's like, exactly. So you, you are supporting her, even if you're being a little bit of a negative Nancy about it. Um, yeah. and then this is where they talk about, oh, this is when I like kind of get some love for Gervais because she says that he's like a regular at the movie theater. He goes like once a week. And she knows his concession order. And I was like, oh, my God, bless him. He's me. I go to the movies once a week. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone thinks I'm a weirdo. No, they don't think. Well, I think everyone I work with generally thinks I'm a weirdo because, like, they never go to the movies. So the fact that I, like, always am up to date on what movie has come out just absolutely baffles them. But, yeah, me and Gervais just go to the movies all the time. I love that. I think that's adorable. And I love that, like, Olivia's nice to him. And she knows his concession order. And just, yeah, I think it's really adorable. It is really adorable. And then um, Ruby's like, so when we, when I started going to Perkins Day, you said you didn't really bother to make friends. But you're friends with me. So, like, what changed? And Olivia says, I don't know. It's just that we had something in common. And 
<laughs> Olivia calls her a lush and a delinquent as a joke, which is pretty yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> I that. And Olivia says, my point is there are a lot of people in the world and no one ever sees everything the same way you do. It just doesn't happen. So when you find one person who gets a couple of things, especially if they're important ones, you might as well hold on to them, you know? And yes. yeah, yeah. that, that. that yeah. could be another definition of family. Yes, I agree. We are back to back to work, back to her busy December where she's working with Harriet all the time. And she's like, it wasn't just me that was feeling out of source, even the weather was weird. And so Harriet says, you have to admit that uh, this is very strange. When has it ever been 77 degrees a week before Christmas? My entire life. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's usually yeah. warmer. <laughs> So can't relate to that feeling. It's pretty much always like in the 80s, every once in a blue moon, you get a Christmas that's like not 80 degrees. And you're like, oh, it almost feels like Christmas. Look at us. So I just think it's so funny that she goes on this whole tirade of how like people aren't Christmas shopping because of the warm weather. And I was like, that's inherently not true because no one would Christmas shop in the state of Florida. (laughs) But this entire exchange is very us. Earlier, I said that Cora was you with her. What's it like to have, like, you know, uh, a well-adjusted family? Then this is Reggie being you. He's like, it's global warming. The ice caps are melting. And I was like, oh, my God. Literally us (laughs) weekly when we talk about climate change. (laughs) Literally. And she's all, Harry's just all like flustered and thinking about the, you know, business. And she's like, you know, I was thinking it was on the lines of the apocalypse. Very burnt of her. And so then also kind of the same thing. Yeah, he's like, exactly. He's like, do you ever think about anything but business? And then again, this line just seems very appropriate to us. And she's like, the apocalypse, she told him, and occasionally coffee. And it's like, yeah, same. I think about how climate change is going to bring the end of the world. But I also really love coffee. And I just think, again, as I went on a whole tirade the other day about how the children are our future, and I'm worried about their spark. And I was like, is Harriet me? Am I am I Harriet? I don't know. So this just this entire exchange just cracked me up. And I just love Reggie and Harriet. I love that they're all just this entire chapter, they're all so disturbed by the fact that it is hot and it's almost Christmas. And I'm like, literally my entire this is just my life. Like this is so funny that this is such a weird thing to them. And they're so excited. So how disturbed do you think they are now? In the year 2023. Yeah. yeah. And in 2006, they were worried about climate change. Little did they know. <laughs> it's only gotten worse. It's, it's only fine. gotten scarier. We're all staying positive. We're all fine. We're fine. We it's are totally fine. fine. It's totally fine. Can you imagine Harriet during COVID? I thought about this the other day, actually. And I was like, Harriet would have been so oh frazzled during the pandemic. Oh, my God. She would have been. Like, but you know, oh. she would have created like a killer online presence and she would have sold a bunch of shit for sure for sure and you know that would have been great for her but yeah i was like oh my god but you know what hopefully by then harriet's with reggie and he like calmed her down a little bit during during the shutdowns but oh she probably was really going through it as we all were truly yeah Yeah, she gets back home and this scene is just really adorable and again, everyone's just in a tizzy because it's hot and it's Christmas. And of course, Jamie being Jamie and like being a golden retriever and putting a positive spin on it, it's like, what is it? 75 degrees around Christmas. We're going pool jumping. <laughs> and it's just adorable. And Cora gets called out because he's like, really, it was Cora's idea. 
And they say that the crosses are going to be out of town. They heard Mr. Cross saying something about how they were going to be out of town for like a meeting thing. And he's like, um, it's 39 degrees in December. Do you know what that means? And Ruby's like, the apocalypse. And he's like, no, why would you? <laughs> like he's so, again, Jamie's so well adjusted. He's like, why would you take it down that dark path? Jamie would like not like talking to us. I feel like. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. He would not have a good time. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Oh my god, bless him though. And so yeah, so she's just like, oh my god, yeah, like we shouldn't. Cora kind of comes to her senses and is like, we can't do this. And he's like, it was your idea. Come on, we're going pool jumping. And they do. They go pool jumping. They go over there and they're like having a good time. And Ruby's all like, I don't know about this at first, but then she's kind of into it and she inevitably goes ahead, takes off her sweatpants and gets right on in there. And uh, they stay for like 20 or 30 minutes and then um, they head out and that's when she decides to go for a little solo swim and who shows up? Who was supposed to not be there that night but shows up but with the one, the only mate. Oh, we didn't mention that Jamie was wearing swim flippers, yeah, which was very cute well. and I was obsessed. Yeah, I think it's adorable that he showed up in that. And also, this is what kind of sells them out is so Nate gets in, he goes outside. And of course, like Ruby's trying to be like stealthy and she stupidly goes underwater to hide. And it's like, girlfriend, you know, you can only hold your breath so long. So she's like, that was a mistake. So she pops up and Nate's all like, hi. And he's like, they're not very stealthy. They, he's like, oh, Cora and Jameis and pool jumping again. They're not very stealthy about it. Last time they left a pool noodle, his flippers are right over here on the chair. And she's like, oh. So, yeah, she hid for nothing. And then she basically asks him, like, hey, you want to come take a tip with me? And then, of course, instantly gets all up in her head. And is like, oh, my God, why did I say that? Like, here I am trying to keep my distance. And now I'm asking him to come swimming with me. And she's like, a very confined space and he will be half naked and like hello and he's all like oh I don't really like swim anymore and she's like not at all and he's like oh and so of course he's like well for you Ruby I will he doesn't say that but that's what he thinks and mm-hmm. he goes ahead and gets all in and of course like because he's a swimmer he like perfectly dives in barely makes a splash and they're all in each other's space and it's just you know real adorbs he because he asked her about like harriet's necklaces and he said that he saw one at jum java and it was like weird for him to see it and she's like i'll let harriet know that <laughs> and he's like that's not you know how i meant it obviously so he does get in the pool like i said and yes he's like i've seen harriet's necklaces he's like it was weird because i always think of you it was one of the first things i noticed about you Aww. and <laughs> Which is so cute. He's like, it's it's your thing, basically. And then what happens? Oh, what happens? They have their first kisses. Oh, so cute. Yeah, there they are. And like Jamie said, it won't be like this forever. That was true. But also the reason I should have climbed out right then as well as why I knew I would stay. So yeah, they get... They just get all, they get all closey, closey at the pool and they have a, a kiss. You swim indeed. Ah, so cute. <laughs> mm, so cute. <sighs> but then it's Christmas Eve. Yes. <laughs> oh, Jamie. 
in. Jamie is dressing up as Santa Claus and walking around the neighborhood getting gifts out. I love Gifts to the neighborhood children, which was so cute. If I had a bunch of money like that, I probably wouldn't walk around the neighborhood, but I would like leave it on everybody's porches like a little Yes. He also puts, he puts Roscoe in bells like a reindeer. Poor Roscoe. Roscoe is like miserable. He's hating us. I think he likes the walk around the neighborhood part, but having to get into the bell outfit, I don't think he was thrilled with. (laughs) Bless his little soul. It's so cute. Oh, Roscoe. And then, yeah, Ruby is tasked this year with going, with being his little elf. And she's all like, um, what now? And Cora's all like, I did it last year. <laughs> it's your turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's adorable to me. Yep. Absolutely. It adorable. is really cute. Um, but Jamie's like, why don't you go bring a gift to Nate? And she's like, okay. He knows what's so up. So it's a, just candy cane. She walks over to Nate's door. And gives it a little knocky knock. And and Nate opens it. He's like clearly like distressed. He won't open the door all the way. He's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, I was just giving you this Christmas thing. And he's like, it's not a good time. I'll call you later. And she's like, are you all right? And he's like, I'm fine. And then he basically just like shuts the door in her face. Um, And she doesn't feel good about it. Yeah. I'm worried about our boy, Nate. I'm worried about him. Yeah. She's also like, damn, I finally like let myself let somebody in. And now he's like locking me out. It's like very symbolic of her deepest fears. Yep. Uh, And I just, I know where he's coming from and I know that he's got a lot going on. But yeah, it's just, it is terrible timing that she finally has decided to be vulnerable with someone. And now he's kind of, literally and metaphorically shutting the door on her so i feel Mm -hmm. for ruby i feel for nate i love jamie even though he does love thanksgiving but i love that he goes so hard for every holiday i think that's so adorable i love him going around giving the neighborhood kids toys and you know candy canes and i love that ruby is really trying to be you know, more open and is trying to make friends. She's hanging out with Olivia at lunch every day. Like I'm, I'm seeing so much character growth for mm-hmm. her, but yeah, there's just a lot going on. And I just feel bad for Cora with her trying to get pregnant. And, you know, I know that it is such a thing, such a hard thing that so many women really do face all the time. And yeah, I just really feel for her about that. And I think that Sarah, of course, writes it so beautifully. And yeah, we're, we'll leave you all. It's Christmas Eve and things are happening. And next episode, it'll be Christmas. Get excited, everyone. It'll be Christmas. I wish it really was Christmas. Well, I don't because I don't want to fast forward through fall, which is the best time of year. But I'm excited. I am yes. stoked for Christmas. It's going to be good. One be thing I want to mention about life this past week. Mm-hmm. Sarah Dustin posted her. Oh, yes fab five or quick five or something Uh, and in it she talks about how she saw the barbie movie Mm -hmm. and she talks about how her mom wouldn't let her get a barbie unless she like had a full like story for her and she had like a career and a house like all this like backstory which is very which she was like if you read dreamland that will sound familiar with boo and i thought that was so interesting that that whole like boo like third wave feminism i think that was 
like bullshit like that her mom was like of that age group so she's like uh, was of that mindset and she's like barbie needs to have a life or you can't have just like a random like yeah girl you can't doll. just love playing with her for to accessorize her she like has to she has to be a nobel prize winner <laughs> yes yes this barbie won a nobel prize um but I thought that was really cute. She, Sarah Dessen herself made her doll a divorced woman. I think that's so funny. And a callback to, like, the only happy part of Dreamland. So. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> fair. The one good lighthearted moment from Dreamland. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yes. Yes. And can I just say on that front, I loved, I think as someone who struggles with this all the time, and again, this is so much, thanks Jamie for creating youme.com, just kidding. Um, in a social media age where we're always just constantly comparing each ourselves to, you know, uh, everyone else that like a lot of times I don't feel like I am enough, um, but <laughs> that like, you know, like my other friends are thriving and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I'm lame. But you shouldn't do that. But um, easier said than done. But anywho, I love that the message of this movie was like very, yeah, again, like America Ferrer's whole speech being about like how no matter what you do as a woman, like you lose. Like if you are a Fortune 500 CEO, you're not good enough. But if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're also a piece of, like you can't win as a woman, which is so true. Mm -hmm. But I love that it like basically at the end of the day, she just wanted to create a Barbie that was just like enough just being who she was and I was like yes thank you I needed that message I I needed that so yeah well it's very lovely that Barbie can be anything and she can be a Nobel Prize winner and she can be you know a divorced woman with a whole backstory it's also okay if she's just Barbie like it's fine yeah everyone out there who's being just Barbie right now you're thriving you're doing great sweetie and Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that things because yeah I think we do need to hear that sometimes and also, on the Barbie front, a little call to action for everyone, because all of you are, like, so much smarter and more clever than I am. I shouldn't say that. That's for myself down. I'm amazing. But also, all of you are also amazing. So, Barbie <laughs> was my movie. I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast. Barbie was my assigned movie for the summer, which is how, in one of my fantasy football leagues, we were picking our draft order. And because Barbie is everything and he's just Ken, she won the summer box office, baby. So that means I get the number one overall pick in the draft. I'm very excited. I've never gotten the number one overall pick in the draft like ever in my years of playing fantasy football. So I'm very excited. But I obviously wanted to do a whole Barbie theme with my team this year. We have like a little Barbie logo. It's our logo. And I wanted to have a Barbie name. So I don't want to just be like Barbie because that's like unoriginal. So I wanted to be some kind of reference from the movie. And but it can't be like too long because your team name can only be so many characters, you know. So if anyone can think of a really clever Barbie movie reference for my team name to be this year, please let me know. I will be forever grateful. So comment on Instagram, send it in the discord. If anyone thinks of something clever, let me know because I need I need it. (laughs) Yes, yes. 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 (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I will also try, but yeah, I'm so distracted by like clever sports. Yeah. <laughs> You're like the uh, sports. <laughs> and this is where we're going to get like, real nitty gritty for you, Mike, man. It's a super flex league. Um, I'm sure you know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. Shit. I don't know. Shit. Super flex. So you like doing extra muscle work. doing a super flex league. So you always have a flex position. And fantasy football where you can put usually like an extra wide receiver, an extra running back. It's just like someone who you think is going to get you some points that week, you know. So you play super flex, you can put in two quarterbacks in every game. 
And so it kind of changes the way you play and the way you strategize. Cause usually in a fantasy football draft, you pick a lot of wide receivers and a lot of running backs early, but now they're playing super flex where we can put two quarterbacks in. You have to pick quarterbacks early. So, cause quarterbacks, it's like, it's very easy for them to get points because quarterbacks, they score a lot of touchdowns, which is how you get fantasy football points. Also how you get points in real football, but you know what I mean? So anywho, um, yeah, so I have to think of a quarterback I want to pick over. It's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going on, but I'm excited. Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> He's retired. <laughs> he will not give me any points. Did you all think at the end of this lock and key episode, you'd hear a whole fantasy football breakdown? Probably not. <laughs> But send me your Barbie themed names. I'm living for them and I can't wait. I'm just so excited. Like, I just feel like I can't let Barbie down this year because she got me the number one overall pick and I literally am in the league of all men. So I keep being like, I'm everything. They're all just Ken's. And I like really want to win the league this year. <laughs> like, I usually don't care. But just to keep that momentum of like girl power going, I want to win the league this year. <laughs> yes, so, I hope you do. Let's go. Do. Let's You'll go, Barbie. Us. <laughs> when does the year of football end <laughs> it ends so fantasy football ends earlier than actual football because obviously certain players once you reach the playoffs like certain teams aren't in it anymore you know so like certain players you mm-hmm. might have not be able to play so it's a 17 week uh 16 week why can i not remember that now anyways it's like 16 or 17 weeks that we play but we end right before the playoffs start essentially so the playoffs in real football start um toward like the beginning of next year uh the end of this year so the end of 2023 going into like january is like when the playoffs are and then the super bowl is always early february um so that's when actual football ends but fantasy football ends in december so i will keep you all updated i'll give you like a halfway through the season (laughs) update and i'll give you how my season went um at the end of december before like playoffs start in january so yeah there you go the more I'm looking you know. forward to it. Yeah, exactly. The more you know. It's you're looking forward to that photograph update from Minnesota. <laughs> and you're looking forward <laughs> to my fantasy football update. These are actually two yes. things Michael Ann doesn't care about, but she's a really good, nice <laughs> friend. She's a real nice lady. And she's like, I'll pretend for you, Bethany, because clearly you're passionate about it. <laughs> I'm like, if you're said, passionate about it, I want to know. We love, I'm invested. We love a supportive but... friend. <laughs> I'm not going to learn about football, but I definitely want to know how your football thing goes. Thank you. And you know what? So. That's, I think that counts. That counts for something. All right. We, I have yes. waffled on long enough about this. So we'll let you go. Um, Did you just say waffled on? Yeah. Waffled on long, long enough about it. It's a term. It's, I swear, look it up. It's a term. <laughs> <laughs> what? I swear it's a term. I'm waffled on. Like, I don't know. Google it. <laughs> I swear it's a term. I think it's a term. It's a British term. I watch a lot of British television. <laughs> That's probably where I picked it up. I'm doing a lot of British Oh television. my god. I'm obsessed with that phrase. Feel free to use it. Go ahead and start using it. It sounds cuter in their accent, I think. I'm like, yeah, really waffled on about that. Um it does not sound as cute when an American says it in an American accent, but I use it evidently but yeah all right so <laughs> now that we've all learned anyway. a phrase um do the normal things follow us on instagram join our discord we have really you can come and correct us when we're wrong about things because we are sometimes but it's fine we're only human no we, we legitimately have a really good time in the discord and i know we've been having a little fun 
uh, being corrected but honestly thank you for for calling us out and correcting us yes. we do appreciate it and yeah do do all that have a good week take care of yourselves first and foremost and give us some good barbie team names that's all i got <laughs>